You are listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. This podcast has been created to help you connect and achieve your destiny as a leader. For more information, visit our website at fcf.org. Hey everybody, it's Cookie Brothers here with FCF International and I'm really excited today because I have my sister with me today. What most people don't know is that my parents, Buddy and Pat Harrison, uh, vacationed every year with their best friends, Happy and Jeannie Caldwell, and their son Ronnie, and Jerry and Carolyn Seville, and their two girls, (laughs) Terry and Jerry. And so I'm with Terry Seville Foy today, you guys. (laughs) Whitney's here too, that's the big yay you just heard. So we're really excited to have you, Terry. Thank you for making time for us. It's an honor. You know we're family. Yes. We are family. You know, since this isn't video, it's just audio, mm-hmm. you have to tell the listeners that I'm not nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm a kid when they just hear the voice. Of so course. Let's just warn them that Yes. I'm a woman. You are a strong I'm about to be woman. 50. So. <laughs> That's right. And you're days away from 50, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Oh, everybody, we're wishing Terry a happy birthday right now. Thank you. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk with you today, if you don't mind, if you could share just maybe a little bit of your story of yes. what occurred. Before first. we got in this room, uh, she was telling us about how the ministry started. And kind. I actually wouldn't mind hearing or letting other people hear. Yeah when you were the CEO of your dad's organization and how you made this transition into this, because it's awe-inspiring, first of all. So just give a little bit of background. Okay, yeah. So before I was CEO for my dad, Jerry Savelle, um, let me go back a little further. So where this transformation in me personally began was in 2002, I had a big wake-up call. I looked at my life. I was separated from my husband. I was living paycheck to paycheck. I had credit card debt. I had no vision for my life. Um, I, my house was a mess. I was a mess. (laughs) And I had a five-year-old little girl looking to me for a role model. And I had this wake-up call in 2002 where I just kind of looked into the future and realized unless I make a radical decision to change, this isn't going to be like a season of regret in my life. This is going to be a life of regret. So I didn't have a success coach come to the house and like lay out a growth track for me. I just got desperate for change. So 2002, I had been ghostwriting books for my dad for 10 years. And what I did was I just made a plan of five things I was going to make myself do every single day for 21 days. Like that was it. That was my big plan for life is I'm going to do these five things for 21 days. So if you want to know what the five things are, it was, I'm going to pray. I'm not going to leave my house without spending some time with God. Even if it's five minutes, I'm going to do it. Number two was I was going to make myself read because I hated reading. Like the only book I ever read after college was the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader Manual. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's that's about where I was, okay? So I said, I'm going to make myself read. The third thing was listen to faith-building messages every day. I'm going to make myself do that. And even to be consistent, I had to ask myself, when are you really going to do this? If you're really going to listen to messages, when are you going to do this? So I said, okay, well, I'm going to do it in the morning while I get ready because I got to get ready anyway. If y'all could see me, it takes a long time to look like this. (laughs) 
So I said, okay, in the morning, I'm going to get a CD player. I went to my parents' house. I stole a bunch of their CDs. I put a little post-it on my bathroom mirror that said, push play, because that's how undisciplined I was. So I walked in there the first morning and saw, oh, yeah, push play. And I pushed play, and I started hearing God's word, hearing God's word, hearing God's word every morning. So that was my third habit. The fourth habit was I'm going to make myself write and review my dreams and goals, like every day for 21 days. And then the fifth habit was exercise. So what happened was during that 21-day period where I'm pushing play, I'm gluing my eyelashes on, and I'm hearing things like John Maxwell. This is one of the phrases that changed my life. He said, if I could come to your house and watch you for 24 hours, I could tell whether or not you're going to be a success or a failure. I thought, dear God, how? <laughs> like, how would he know? He said, you pick the day. But let me just watch you from the moment you wake up until you go to bed that night. He said, just by observing you in one full day, I can tell him what direction your life is headed. And he said, the reason I say this is because the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. The secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. So good. So I thought, oh my gosh, if my routine is what's going to lead me to success or failure, then I'm not going to stop this. So at the end of 21 days, I thought, I'm going to do a whole month. Well, then at the end of the month, I said, I'm going to go for two months. Then it was three months. Are you ready for this? That was 2002, and I haven't stopped. That's awesome. I love that. Like this morning, I woke up, and I did the five things. Yes. But it drastically, completely transformed my entire life. Like I went from ghostwriting books for my dad to authoring books. I went from attending conferences to speaking at conferences. I went from watching TV for hours after work to hosting a TV show. Everything changed. My salary grew. My opportunities grew. Everything grew because my routine changed. So that's where it started. And just hearing things like, you know, I remember when I was pushing play, I would hear things like the most successful people in the world, they write their dreams and goals. And I would think, why do they do that? And then I would find out that came from God's word. God's the one who said, write the vision, make it plain. So I would hear, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger does this, Katy Perry, Beyonce, Oprah, Steve Harvey. Well, if they can do this and get results, and it came from God, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. So I just started writing. You know, I started where I was. Like, I'm going to pay off my MasterCard. But I began to learn that vague goals produce vague results. You can't just say, in fact, your grandpa is the one who would say, he would see people praying at the altar, and he'd say, sweetheart, what are you praying for? Mm -hmm. And they'd say, oh, nothing in particular. He'd say, then that's exactly what you're going to get. So I started, instead of going, Lord, I'm believing for increase, I would say, Lord, I'm believing to grow by $12,000 this year. I got specific. So I started writing my goals. Like, you know, I'm believing God I will have books in that bookstore in Jesus' name. I'm believing God for a publisher to come into my life, and I'm believing for $10,000 as my author signing bonus. I just started getting specific. Can I interrupt and ask you this? How did you overcome the inner narrative of self-doubt. Okay, so listening to God's word every day, that habit alone transformed my mindset. Just push and play. So I didn't just do it in the morning. I got addicted to it where I started using my drive time because I started learning, you know, 63% of the wealthiest people in the world use their drive time to grow. 
So instead of listening to the music and dancing on the way to the office, I started pushing play and hearing God's word. And it wasn't like, you know, you've got the prices right on in the background. It was God's word going into my spirit. And that changes you from the inside out. So I started hearing things like, you've got to start making positive declarations over yourself. So I was extremely insecure. I had never been prophesied that I would be a minister or you're going to change the world. My sister got those prophecies, but I never did. So I had to change the internal dialogue and external. So I made a list of positive declarations that were polar opposite of who I was. Like I started writing things like, I'm confident, I'm courageous, I'm qualified by God. I receive invitations to speak at the largest churches and conferences in the world. I'm confident to speak in front of live audiences. I'm confident to speak on television. My gift is going before me, bringing me before. You can tell I have it memorized because I've said it so many yes. times. Yes. Well, see, here's the thing. you What you repeatedly hear, you eventually believe. Right. And you believe your own self more than anybody. So I remember one time, I, years later, I'm standing on the front row in Paris getting ready to speak to 10,000 people, and my daughter leaned over, and she goes, Mama, are you a little bit nervous? And do you know what came out of my mouth? I'm confident to speak in front of live audiences. I speak at the largest conferences in the world. Yes, I was nervous, but, <laughs> but that came out of me because right. I've been saying this over and over and over. So I wanted you to know the backstory. Yes. Because I had to change myself before I could learn how to change a company or a department or a ministry. In fact, I love this story of John Maxwell. He said years ago, he's speaking at this conference, and he agreed to do a Q&A at the end. And this young kid who just graduated with an MBA, he's listening to John Maxwell, and he asked a question. He goes, man, I'm so excited. He goes, I want a company to lead. I want a ministry. I want my own team. He goes, where do I start? And Maxwell said, good question start with you he said if you wouldn't follow yourself why should anyone else want to follow you so I like to imagine a teenager is asking me Terry Savelle Voigt can I just shadow you for one day because I want to be successful can I just watch your habits like what do you do because I want to learn would you be humiliated if this teenager was following you or would you be an inspiration to them because they're going Wait, you seriously read 20 minutes every day? Yep, never leave my house without reading something. You spend time with God every day? Yep, I refuse to walk out of this door without spending some time with the Lord. You write your dreams and goals every day? Yep, every day I pray over those dreams. Is it a coincidence they keep happening? No, because they're constantly in front of me. You know, or do you exercise every day? Yes, because I want to be ready for this assignment. I want to be fit for it, you know? Yes. So, Starting with yourself, you have to lead yourself before you can lead a team. So that's where it started. That's great. So if you want me to share the story of how it led into being a CEO. Yes. I would, personally. Yes. I think it'd be great. <laughs> okay, this is probably not going to be what you expected. But before I was asked to be the CEO of my dad's organization. So think about this. In 2002 is when I began these five habits, Okay. 2003 was when I got promoted to be the CEO for Jerry Savelle Ministries. So one year, I'd been doing these habits and changing drastically. Well, the first directive the Lord ever gave me during that season, he said to me in prayer one day, he said, when I know you're ready, get ready. When I know you're oh, wow. ready, get ready. Mm -hmm. So see, he knew I wasn't ready. Mm 
I had to prepare. I had to get ready behind the scenes because God can't use you publicly until you get victory privately, right? right? So the first directive the Lord gave me was not one day you're going to write books, start writing your book, or you're going to help teenage girls. The first directive the Lord ever gave me was clean your house. I love that. (laughs) Did you expect that? No, but it's wonderful. Well, because, you know, I didn't realize this, but the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. And so I began to understand that if my house was a mess, my leadership would be a mess. Mm -hmm. If I couldn't even get my home in order, how could I get an organization in order? So God was teaching me to adapt this standard of excellence in my life before I could expect excellence from a team. Man, that's so good. Isn't that wild? It's wonderful. So during that season in 2002, when I'm starting those five habits, I was cleaning my house. Like I started with one room and focused on one room at a time. But I was hearing the word of God the whole time. I'm cleaning out the refrigerator, emptying out the pantry, scrubbing the floors. I was just doing one room at a time and filling myself with God's word. As soon as I got my house clean, I got the promotion. Is that wild? Literally. Were you like a clutter bug? Did you like have a lot of clutter? My husband is more you? messy. Uh-huh. And it was like it got overwhelming to mm-hmm. where you're just like, just let him be messy. Right. And it was hard to maintain mm-hmm. the excellence. You right. know what I mean? Yes. And yes. yeah, where you're just like, you get overwhelmed. And so you're. You know how some people can't ever throw anything away? Yeah. You know, were you like that or was that more Rodney? Not so Rod- much, more Rodney. Mm-hmm. And he's just a, like a little more messy, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so it got to where you're so overwhelmed by it that you just leave it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're grossed out, but mm-hmm. you leave it. And the moment I started getting things in order, mm-hmm. the peace that mm-hmm. came all over me, and not only peace, but confidence. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to apologize to people when they show up at your house. Right. You're confident. So, yeah, in 2003, that's when I became the CEO. And as I was telling you on the tour of the offices, you know, I was so unqualified to be a CEO because I had been a ghostwriter for 11 years, worked in one department at my dad's, and I'd learned a lot, but not CEO level. And to be a CEO, to put it in perspective, that was overseeing eight offices around the world and millions of dollars. And so I stood before the staff that first day and I said, um... I know there's fear in the auditorium right now because <laughs> you think Legally Blonde's going to lead the team. <laughs> well, you knew they were thinking it, you know. But Elwood's was very successful, yes. so come on. <laughs> Bend and snap, so. <laughs> so I told him, I said, you know, just to kind of put you at ease, I said, you're probably wondering if I'm qualified. I said, I graduated with honors from Texas Tech University with a degree in French. So unless all of you speak French, I said, I am not qualified for this position. But I said, I feel like Jehoshaphat when the armies were coming against him. And he just said, Lord, I don't know what to do. And even if I did, I don't have the strength to do it. But he said, my eyes are on you. So I said, number one, I promise you, I'm going to seek God above all else. Number two, I promise to educate myself as a leader. Because I said, I know you can't just pray to be a good leader. No more than I could pray to learn to speak French. That's right. I had to practice. practice I had to study. Training. I had to learn. And I still do, mm-hmm. you know, because you lose it if you don't That's practice. Right. So I started investing in myself. I started with one book, reading one book about leadership. I started writing what I was learning. I started implementing what I was learning. Well, we started seeing changes. We started seeing, oh, my gosh, we've got a good team in place. 
Now, this is key, and I didn't get to share this with y'all earlier, but about a year or two after that, I had changed dramatically. Like, I was not even the same person because of those five habits, and I'm learning leadership. I'm investing in myself. But my team wasn't growing. Well, growing employees make growing companies. And those closest to the leader determine the level of success for that leader, right? Mm -hmm. So God told me one day in prayer, it was on a weekend, it was on a Friday, and I just heard this in my spirit, accelerated growth is a must among your leadership team. Mm -hmm. Accelerated growth. In other words, we got to grow at an exceptionally fast rate. So what I did was, it was funny because my nephew Preston was staying the weekend with me. He was like 15 at the time. And I'm watching Preston. We're swimming. We're going to the movies. We're eating out. We're playing games. At the same time, he went in my little library and got a book and read the entire book in one weekend. In the midst of swimming, going to the movies, playing games. So I'm watching my nephew. And I'm thinking about the, what the Lord said. Accelerated growth is a must. In other words, we got to learn fast. So I went to the store, I bought seven leadership books for my team, I bought seven journals, just typical journals, I bought seven pens, I met with my team, which we meet every Wednesday, met with my team, and I said, y'all, the Lord hath spoken. (laughs) I said, he said accelerated growth is a must among our leadership. We've got to grow, and we've got to grow fast. I said, I've got all of you a book, and I passed out these leadership books. I got all of you a journal and all of you a pen. I said, here's what I want us to do. We're going to read this entire book by next Wednesday because we meet every Wednesday. I said, I want you to highlight the parts that stand out to you. Whatever stands out to you, write it in your executive journal. And next Wednesday when we meet, let's just open up our journals and talk about what we're learning. They looked at me like, are you kidding me? (laughs) You want us to read a whole book in one week. I said, let me tell you about my nephew, Preston. I said, he read this whole book in one weekend in the midst of swimming and movies and games. And I said, God said, we got to learn fast. So they took the assignment, came back the next Wednesday. And I like to describe it like this, that when they walked in our planning room, my team looked different. They looked full. Like, they were so eager to share what they had learned. So we sat at the table, and I didn't put anybody on the spot. I just said, let's just open up our executive journals and start with chapter one. Like, just tell me something that stood out to you. So one person started reading. Then another person's reading their notes. And we just went back and forth. And I said, let's go to chapter two. Two and a half hours later, I said, y'all, we got to move on. (laughs) There was so much knowledge being shared in that room. Do you know what their first question was? What's our next assignment? Right. Seriously, they loved it. I said, I'm so glad you asked because I got another book. I pulled out another leadership book. And I said, we're not going to read the whole book. Let's just read two chapters. But do the same thing. Highlight what stands out to you. Put it in your executive journal. Because when you write it, it gets embedded, you know? So they took that challenge. We did it again. We did it again. Y'all, we grew so much in that six-month period. Remember the Lord said, when I know you're ready get ready. I took them on field trips. I took them to James Robinson. I took the media team. I said, I want you to watch this live TV taping. Watch how they start the show. How do they do the countdown? How do they do the commercial segments? Let's watch everything. How long are the segments? I took my production team to a Joyce Meyer conference in Dallas. I said, let's look at everything. 
Do they wear matching shirts? How do they greet us when we walk in the door? What do the product displays look like? Do they have specials? How many announcements did they do before the service? How long did Joyce preach? We watched everything. Well, then the Lord said, when I know you're ready, get ready. We were ready when God brought publishers back into our lives to get my dad's books back on the shelves. We were ready when producers started calling, going, we're ready to do a show. We were ready because we had invested in ourselves, not just me, but the whole team. So that's where it started to where this can't just be me growing because those closest to the leader determine the level of success for that leader. So now it's an ongoing thing. So if you think about a bivocational pastor Mm -hmm. who um, works a full-time job um, but has a burning call for his pastorate position, and maybe it's a smaller church, smaller community, what would you say to him? Well, I would say the same thing. Like, get yourself a personal development plan. You know, I heard a guy, and you might be like, gosh, I can't, Terry. I'm working full-time. I got the church. I don't have time to do all this. I heard a a pretty well-known author named John Acuff. He said when he first started learning the importance of personal growth, he said, I had a full-time job. I got a wife. I got kids. How am I supposed to invest in myself? And then he realized his life wasn't changing. His business isn't growing. His opportunities aren't growing. So he said, I decided to start being selfish at 5 o'clock in the morning. He said, at 5 o'clock in the morning, I started making myself get up to read, to journal my time with the Lord, to exercise, to invest in myself. And he said, do you know, not one time has my wife complained that I wasn't spending time with her at 5 a.m.? He said, not one time has my daughter complained that I wouldn't jump on the trampoline at 5 o'clock in the morning. He said, this is your time to work on you. And he said, or, you know, back up your clock 30 minutes. Just start with that. Go in another room by yourself and invest in yourself for 30 minutes. He said, if your dream isn't worth at least 30 minutes of your time, you've either got the wrong dream or you're pretending to have one. Wow, that's really good. Isn't it? So I actually just listened to a podcast where you talked about that this morning. Really? <laughs> yes. So I think of it like when you're on an airplane and the flight attendant says, put your oxygen mask on first, first right. before you even take care of your children. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're doing. When you get up first thing in the morning and you invest in yourself, then you're prepared to invest in other people. So for this pastor, I would say making personal growth your priority. Because it's in that quiet time you're going to hear from God. If you're reading, like you've made it a purpose to build your own personal library, and you're reading 10 minutes a day, you're going to get ideas you never had before that are going to get you out of a rut. They're going to give you fresh wisdom and ideas that you've, you're like, why didn't I think of this? Because mm-hmm. you didn't know it yet. Yes. So starting with that, it does wonders for your spirit and for where God's going to take you. Amen. Yes. Love You have been listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast, where our focus is to help you achieve your destiny as a leader. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, visit our website at fcf.org.